Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hallelujah. We welcome the word of the Lord in the house this morning. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Who needs a word this morning? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Glory. Hallelujah. This morning, um, Tanique came to my office, and while she was in there, it started to rain outside. And um, At first, she didn't catch it. She just saw this man and a I think she said a dog, a man and a dog was running. And they took off running because the rain was coming. And I thought, I had this strange thought. We run from rain, but we don't run from sin. The thing that could cleanse us, <laughs> we run from. But the thing that could destroy us, now we just sit there and bring it on you. The Bible says, flee the desires of youth. Flee. We, we think it's uh, wimpy to run from sin, you know. Hmm. I, I want to go in a direction this morning. It wasn't exactly where I was headed, but it's where we're going. According to the Lord. Last week I was speaking some about antis. And... I spoke how that in most churches, we're just dealing with one particular thing, but it spreads out to them to many avenues. We talked about that we would sing songs from Maverick or Hillsong or, or Bethel or somewhere like that. And that's, that's what we try to sing. And, and in the congregation, they maybe have heard of those songs, maybe not. And so we give... Uh, honor to those songs. Now, I'm not speaking against any of those ministries or their songs. But I realize, why do we do that when we are capable of writing songs? And especially that's true in this house. The reason we do that is because when we stand up to here to sing, we have antis with us. Now, I'm not speaking evil about nobody. I'm just bringing out the revelation from this. We sing those songs better because Maverick or Hillsong or whoever it is, Dante or whoever it is that you like, because they up here singing with you. If you're singing somebody's song and is well known, then they're singing here with you. So you have these antis as your backup singers. And you're actually kind of like the false prophets because you're the one that is spreading. Huh? These individuals would not be famous if it wasn't for you spreading their famousness. Everybody follow? And we do that with everything in life. We follow the antis of the world. Which is the popular people. But who made them popular? Now here's the, here's the drama. This morning we had two songs. Um, 
two original songs, uh, one by Tashana and Jael. That was the first one, I think, and the last one. And I think Nicole had a song in the middle, right? And Nicole is typical to write songs. But the song that Tashana and Jael wrote, which they struggled to write it, yes, and they didn't know they was going to have to sing it today because they sung it to us one night at the dinner table. Hmm? So they was being faithful because I've been encouraging them to, to write a song. And so they wrote it. Nah. What keeps that song from being a hill song or a maverick song? And, and this is a message not just for them, but for all of us. That song can become a hit. In fact, every Sunday in the month of June, I want that song sung. At least one service. Don't tell me I can't write a song. Thus saith the Lord. Don't tell me I can't write a song. Saith the Lord. Hmm? Now. Likewise, this is this not discrediting Nicola's song, right? Uh, your love is what, like a race car overtaking me, right? But I, I, can, I can esteem her in another way. Here's two little girls, yes, who may or may not stay in the house, who may or may not keep following God. They may run off with the first cute boy they ever see. Hmm? If they do, they reap their own reward because if they do run off, <coughs> they're just like Jonah because they know the word of the Lord. I don't know what they will do. But what I know I can do, says the Lord, I can use anybody to do whatever I want to do. Hmm? Yet, yeah. did I not use Judas? To spread the gospel. And the 72 that left Jesus. Didn't I use them? <coughs> There's nothing he can't do. And he can do it through whoever he wants to do. And whether or not if they stay faithful or not. Which is a message all by itself. Just because some of these superstars. I'm going to call them antis. But I'm not really calling them antis. Everybody understand what I'm saying? They're anti to you. Whether or not if they're anti, that's something God has to decide. But they're anti to you. What do I mean by that? Because you feel like that these superstars in the world are better than you. And so you follow in them and you want to be like them and you want to sing like them and you want to work like them and you want to do everything like them. And then you want to cry when your life is not successful. How are you ever going to be successful being a copy? You're never going to be successful being a copy. Ah. You're never going to be successful. If you have a hair place and you just keep doing the hairstyles that everybody else does. All you're doing is copying. You're never willing to step out and take a risk. So with the three of them, they had to come up here this morning without YouTube's approval. 
without world approval. Of course, that means they could be tomorrow's antis. Maybe in more ways than one. Don't tell me I can't write a song. Now, when I say that, I want you to hear me. I didn't write those songs. I'm speaking on behalf of God. Because they struggled for a day or two. And then they finally gave up and said, all right. But when they gave up, that's when God gave in. But this, this applies to everything in life. You have too many antis in the world. Ah. Maybe, maybe you, you're in construction, but you see these big construction companies, and you want to do things like them instead of doing what God is telling you to do. You know, a lot of people this day and time, they say they want to be entrepreneurs. They're not entrepreneurs. You're going around copying everybody. Entrepreneur is the one that takes the, the, the chance on something new. You're not an entrepreneur if you're doing something somebody else did. You can say, well, I'm, I do businesses. Yeah, but you do businesses like so-and-so. There's nothing new about you. You copy. There's nothing new about you. In fact, you have not even found you. You might be successful, but you ain't found you. Yes. And the reason some of you are not married because you're copying other women. Your man don't recognize you. <laughs> no. I'm tired of people crying and boo-hooing because their life ain't going nowhere. Your life ain't going nowhere because you're copying everything. Your life ain't going nowhere because you're too busy following other people and not following the Lord. That's why your life ain't going nowhere. Huh? You cry your life ain't going nowhere, and then you get on YouTube or Facebook or, or TikTok, and you follow in somebody else, and you want to know why your life ain't going nowhere. You're doing what everybody else does. You're not doing you. Huh? Christ made you an original. He didn't make you a copy. The only copyness about us within us is we're made in his image and likeness. Yes? But in that, in that process, we're not going to die on the cross. As he died on the cross, we might die on the cross, but not the same way. Understand God. Yes. Because I could uplift these two little girls. I can't uplift them much because they're scared to death now because they got to sing every Sunday in the month of June. I can use whoever I want to do whatever I want. Uh, and sometimes it's the ones that's not even looking for that opportunity. Because he takes the lowly to confine the wisdom of the wise. But how much more would he use you if you are willing? If you'd lay down your pride and you'd lay down all the antis in your life. Huh? 
Every day, we living life like somebody else. There's no, there's no you. Why? Because that's safe. That's safe. But safety is only in God. And what happens to us? We follow all these people. And where do we follow to them? We follow them to their destruction. We spent our life or years in our life following somebody only to realize they fall down like everybody else. And the only reason they didn't fall down in the beginning is because you and the dummies like you kept following them and made them famous. But that's like this song. I know where this song comes from. I don't even know if they know where this song comes from. I know it comes from their story in life. I don't know if they know that. I know exactly where that song comes from. I know who wrote that song. Because hmm? I wrote it, says the Lord. But not only did I write it, I wrote it on their hearts. It's their story. That's their life. Some of the songs you're singing is not your story. It's not your life. One of the most boring, boringest things I have experienced. In this house, we've kind of shut that down. When we do anniversaries or anniversaries or my birthdays and things, no, you're not going to sing. You're not going to sing. Nobody going to sing. Only way you're going to sing is if you sing the other 364 days a year. You're not going to sing because it never fails that people that never want to sing, never want to do anything, all at once they want to sing for my birthday, sing at the anniversary. And what do they want to sing? Some song that's been sung so many times. So not only are they following some anti there, there, there's this little war going on because now this little anti is trying to override the big anti that wrote it. So they're just trying to sing it better than the other anti. Hmm? Don't sing somebody else's song at my birthday. Yes, if they want to come and sing to me, that's fine. Because I don't know what to do with this. I know you didn't write these words. But you singing this like these are your words to me. Thus saith the Lord. Oh, didn't see that one coming, did you? Since when do I preach about me? Huh? Kesamamokata. Where's those two at? They're probably hiding right now. They're hiding right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, the reason that more people are not successful is because we don't give other people a chance. We want to follow the big crowd so we feel safe. That's why so many are going to destruction because we're following the big crowds because we feel safe in the big crowd. If I've learned anything 
from alien movies. You don't hang around with other, everybody else because you're all going to die. <laughs> How many alien movies you see? And they huddle together and they all die together. Huh? I don't know if it's the lack of deodorant that, that, that helps the aliens to find you. No, me. I'm go you go that way. I'm going this way. Safety is in God. Outside of God, we're just following. Not only are we dead, we're just following other dead things. Now, everybody understand, I'm not discrediting any other ministries today. That's not my point. My point is, because sometimes we make antis out of people. They may not be antis, but we make them antis. I mean, we make them Christ-like. So we follow those people. Some of you, you want to change in your life. You want to find you. You want to come experience the new you. How can you experience the new you if you're acting like everybody else? And behaving like everybody else? Huh? The world tells us what to like, what to eat. We have no taste buds. Most of us do not have taste buds. You don't have no taste buds. Especially in Trinidad. You don't have no taste buds. First thing, you could almost eat anything because you put so much pepper and stuff on it, you could eat sticks, you know. Trinidad <laughs> will never run out of food, you know. You just curry it, you know, and it, it's good. <laughs> Hello, I've been here 23 years. I have a right to say something. <laughs> I've been here over a third of my life. I can say something. But let's go deeper. Some of you don't have no taste buds. You got your mama's taste buds. You got your daddy's taste buds. Huh? You can't even have your own wedding. Because at your wedding, you're going to have you're going to have curry, you're going to have mango. You're going to have roti. You can't even have your own wedding. And that's why you don't have your own man cuz you ain't got your own wedding. Now, I'm not knocking Trinidad food. See, I can eat roti and mango and curry. Because, see, that's not my taste buds. See, I discovered, okay, I like this. See, I can do that. But you have never adventured out. Huh? You go to the same old restaurant, you look over all the menu, and then still order the same thing. Because that's safe. So experience is safe. What everybody else is doing is safe. But God is not safe. Because in God, God says, go this way. And God often tells you to go contrary to the norm. Yes. You go to the ruins. You go to the beach. It never fails in the ruins. Thousands and thousands of people have been to these ruins. But you're looking for a treasure nobody else found. You go down to the beach and you're looking for some gold or something that's washed up on the shore. The same beach that's got 10,000 footprints on it. 
You don't go to a beach where there's nobody walking. That's what we do. That's what we do in life. No entrepreneur, no nothing. We do what is safe. And then we go home and cry because our life is boring and it's not going nowhere. Very seldom will you ever be better than the original. Hmm? Somebody else wrote the song, sung the song, and now you want to sing it? And you in competition. Very seldom you're going to do something better than the original. But you're never going to find the original you. You're going to waste your whole life away. Yes. That's the thing I learned about following God. Yes, I see things. We do things like this in church. I see that. I understand some of that. And I understand sometimes you've got to do things not to seem too strange. And I don't do things to be strange. I do things to be who God is calling me to be. So don't tell me how to preach. Don't tell me how to sing. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. <laughs> but this is me. Why am I going to pretend? Why am I going to put on a religious suit and pretend I'm like everybody else? When I know inside I'm not like that. And when I know inside I'm miserable pretending to be somebody else. When I cannot be free and be who I am called to be in Christ. We're wicked people. We won't let people be free. Everybody got to keep following. Let's go this way. Let's go this way. I don't know if you've ever been on a real busy street. You know maybe in Port of Spain. I don't know. But like in New York you could be on a street and you got you know, wide sidewalks and and, and people go in one direction and some people go in this direction. It's very hard to get through there. It's so nice when everybody's going the right direction. But what if the right direction is that broad way that leads to destruction? Huh? What if, as like Hillsong, it has its controversies right now. What if all of us are following Hillsong? And then we end up in the controversy. And where are we at in our life with God when the thing that we have been following is crumbling. Where are we at? We are cowards. We don't want to live life. We don't want to live life. We say our life's going to be better. We say our marriage is going to be better. How your marriage is going to be better? When you're eating the same food. Speaking the same vows. Getting married the same way. Taking pictures in the garden the same way. Going on a honeymoon the same way. We're all walking in the same direction. And we want to pretend. No. I'm my own person. But we're not. But we're not. To follow Jesus is scary to the flesh. It's scary. A lot of us are miserable. Why? Because everybody else 
is usually married by now, and I'm not. So I'm not fitting into the pattern. And we want to blame God because we're not happily married. God ain't got nothing to do with your marriage. Anybody can get married. I am tired, especially if you females, want to blame God because you ain't married. In the first book in the Bible, he says, go and be fruitful. And that's after you fail. Be fruitful. No. There's something else going on. And if you quit blaming God, you might find out what is going on. Because sometimes we just like to, we're fearful. And so we hide and then we blame God. Like some man is supposed to break in your house at night. Pull you out from under the bed. And say, you're the one I was looking for. And even if they did that, you pepper spray them. What if God is not the problem? Well, there's the whole thing of fantasy of what we think marriage is. When it comes down to it, it's just brother and sister. Yes? If you couldn't get along with your brother at home, I suggest you not get married. Because sooner or later, that's what it's going to come down to. After the fantasy dies. But all the antis that we, we, we look up to, huh? We don't even go out of the house without checking with our antis how to put makeup on. <laughs> Everything we do. So this is like the two young ladies that sung this morning, the three. I'm not leaving Nicola out. Everybody understands what I'm saying, right? Because I'm not going to promote antis and say Nicola can't, but these two can't. The reason I'm picking on these two is because they would almost tell me they can't. Now you know why God sometimes chooses the people he chooses. Not because they're good. Not because they're going to remain faithful. He just does it so he can show himself to be who he is. 
Don't tell me I can't write a song. Don't tell me I can't use anybody. Don't tell me I can't give you a business. Don't tell me I can't bless your life. Don't tell me I can't give you a family. Don't tell me I can't give you a new car. Don't tell me I can't do those things. Don't tell me I can't give you some land. Don't tell me that. They would say, but we, we, we don't, we're not good singers. They could say, but we can't write that good. You may say, I'm not a good business person. I'm not good with money. All your lame excuses. But God says, don't tell me what I can do. Don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can do. Don't tell me what I can't do. I can do whatever I want to do. Huh? As your mama used to say to you, I brought you in the world. I can take you out. <laughs> Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> All right, so how do we tie that message into this message? Multitudes. That means... Many, many, many people who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Next verse says, some who are wise, yes, will shine like the heavens. Be bright like the brightness of heavens. And some will lead others to righteousness. And they will be like the stars in the sky. Forever and ever. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. In Ezekiel, Ezekiel was asked, can these dry bones live? Now this scripture for the most part implies after death, but it doesn't necessarily have to imply after death. Sometimes we're the one lying in the dust of the earth. That means we're not doing anything. That means nobody has scooped us up in their hands and made anything out of us. So first of all, it says that the stars are made out of the dust of the earth. Because he can awake and make you shine like the stars. But you're made out of the dirt. So he can make a star out of you. Hollywood, Bollywood, Dollywood, heavenly as the best kind of stars. So he can awake you up out of the dust. See, you are created out of dust, but he can awake you up out of the dust. He can awaken something in you. He can awaken something in you that will shine like the brightness of the heavens. He can awaken something in you that will cause you to shine like a star 
And that you will lead many to righteousness. That means they will follow you because you are a star of God. And not an anti-star of this world. He can awaken that in you. But are you scared of it? These two young girls has been in this house for some time. God can awaken things. He can write a song out of you where you didn't think you was that good of a songwriter. And we're going to sing it the month of June and you're going to realize that not only did God write the song, there's something in the song that's as real and as valuable as any other song you'll find on YouTube. When God puts his finger on something. But in these two young girls, what else is God awakening in you? What's God awakening in you? Hmm? He might be awakening a minister in you. That might be scary. That might be scary because that's not what all your friends are doing. That might be scary because nobody on YouTube is doing that much. Yes, they are. You just ain't visiting the right sites. Where young people are giving their life to God. <clears throat> See, that's the thing. That's the demonic thing about YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. Once you start down a road, they feed you similar things. So if you start down a bad road, you get fed bad things. But if you start down a good road, then you're going to get good things. I can tell your personality by the media that you use and what comes up. If everything on there is a quarrel, you're a quarrel. Yeah. But are these two young ladies afraid of what God is awakening in them? It's scary. I don't know. I don't know. It's scary. We might, we might say, but I, I don't know if I want to be a minister. I don't know if I want to live my life like that. God didn't call you to be a copy. Many of us, the Lord is trying to awaken things in us. But we try to suppress the awakening. We try to suppress it. He might be trying, not just ministry, he might be trying to awaken a business in you. But you're suppressing it with all the excuses. But God says, I can make a business if I want to make a business. I can write a song if I want to write a song. You can't tell me I can't write no song. You can't tell me I can't use you to start a business. You can't tell me I can't reach the world through you. If you look at this scripture spiritually, you're going to realize it's not talking about afterlife. But most people write it off as afterlife. Why? Because we all follow the antis. That sleep in the dust. Some of us was born and we never woke up. We've been asleep in the dust all the days of our life. Doing things the same old way. But let's talk about the other awakening. That awakening that leads to everlasting contempt. 
King James uses the exact same words. Everlasting contempt. Everlasting means a thousand times longer than anything you've ever done that took a long time. <laughs> Everlasting and more. But contempt. The word contempt. Means more than anger. Means you despise. You, 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 you hold God. You hold life. Everything. You have an offense with it. An everlasting contempt. An everlasting anger. If you want a picture of hell. This is a picture of hell. It is you getting as angry. The angriest you have ever been. Times two. And never retrieving, never coming out of that, but remaining in that. We think hell, again, anti-theology, we think hell is when we have not quite done enough, and then God puts us over here and he burns us forever. It says everlasting contempt. Nothing about God's anger. That we come to a place where we're so angry. So angry we're not married yet. So angry we don't have a business yet. But it's not God's fault. We're so angry about life that we can't get over the anger. Anybody ever had unforgiveness towards somebody? And, and, and it's just like this thing just burning all the time in us. And sometimes we try to soothe it down and somebody just mentions their name and we're just burning again. That is hell. That is hell. This everlasting contempt. And what if that is what's been awakening in us? Anger and contempt. No God, I, I don't want to sing the song. No God, I don't want to follow you. No God, I don't want to do ministry. No God, I don't want to start this business. I'm too scared, Lord. I, I might lose everything I got. No God, I don't want to marry. No God, I don't want to, I don't want to try. No God, I don't want to forgive. God is a healer. But we hold him in contempt so we don't get healed. Hmm? God promises a sound mind. Is your mind sound? Huh? If I can take two little girls that like it in this house, they know this house is good for them, but their eyes are outside. If I can take two little girls and write a song, I can't fix your head. I can't fix your, de your, your depression. I can't fix your unfaithfulness. It takes faithfulness to beget faithfulness. Huh? Even marriage, it takes faithfulness. But you won't accuse the other person of not being faithful. So the antis try to awaken something in you. Huh? 
the antis say we need two little girls. We need two more little girls. There's a need for it in the world. We need two more little girls that will be crazy over boys. We need two little girls. Yes? One of the little girls, I'm going to feel with these images that she's going to be somebody great, but it's just a deception. It's just to get her to chase after something great, but it's a deception. But the truth is, she's going to be lustful for boys because we need more lustful girls in the world. And the other one, the anti says, I just going to awaken all the sensual feelings inside of her. Because she's not going to focus on doing anything in life. She's just going to focus on having a good time until her man comes along. Real men are looking for something in life. And they're looking for something real. They're not looking for a Barbie. Don't anybody that's looking for Barbie is Ken. Hello. I love everybody. I love you so much. I don't want God to wake you up out of the dust one day. And you say, what happened to my life? I slept in the dust all the days of my life. Whoa. And what did the Lord say? To the serpent. You shall eat dust. All the days of your life. Some of you are just eating dust. You just curry it. So you don't think it's dust. You make chow out of it. So you. The brightness of your life is when you get something a little too hot. You have no character. You have no uniqueness. You're sleeping in the dust. You're crawling in the dust. In the footsteps of other people. You say you're brave. You stand up. Hmm? These two little girls say, I ain't going to let nobody tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then you walk outside and you follow everybody else. Everywhere the crowd is going. But sometimes there's another crowd, but you're not looking for that crowd. You're looking for the safe crowd. You're looking for the crowd that's going to snuggle you and, and hug you and comfort you. You're looking for that crowd. Huh? Yeah. Uh. Some of you are so deprived of love, you're waiting for somebody to come along and love you. Why don't you love yourself? 
But you can't love yourself unless you live. So you're not living. You don't love yourself. And then some man or some woman is supposed to come along and love you up out of the dirt. Hmm? Now let me set modesty aside for just a moment. I am a lovely man, even at 65. I am an exciting man. I'm an adventurous man. But when I get around some of you females, you dirt sleepers. No matter how much life I got, we ain't got no life going on because you dead. You're too afraid to live life. So it doesn't matter if it's a daughter or a son. If you are a dirt sleeper, we ain't having no party. Huh? Setting modesty aside, I'm amusing. I'm funny. But you don't even laugh. <laughs> Some of you are waiting for somebody else to make you happy. These young ladies here, they're sitting here looking so pretty. They're deceiving, you know. <laughs> when I was a young boy, they tried to tell me that boys were deceiving. I had to come to Trinidad to realize, uh-uh, girls are more deceiving than boys, you know. Boys just don't, they don't have the anointing that young ladies have, you know. Uh-uh. They can sit and look so pretty, just like a statue or a model. Be real. Quit trying to be what everybody else wants you to be. Huh? Yes. If you, if you were a tomboy, be a tomboy. Quit being what everybody else wants you to be. I didn't say get an operation. If you like to drive trucks, drive trucks. If you like to work on work on them, be who you're supposed to be. Be, be what God is bringing you out to be. Yes? But God already decided what gender you are, so don't question that one. When you come to this house, I don't want you sitting there the same way you sat in the last church. Setting modesty aside. I'm an amusing prophet. I don't want you sitting there looking at me. <laughs> Hello. Either like me or don't like me. Life is too short. Life is too short for me not to be real. Uh -uh. 
And you know, a lot of us, we're not real in Christ. We're religious in Christ. We're not real in Christ. Huh? I see ministers say, well, I, I can't pray. The anointing's not here. That means you're religious in Christ. Huh? What anointing's in my life? It, it's there all the time. It's there. There's some other things there. I don't want them things to awaken. We have other things that try to awake inside of us. I don't want them to awake. No. But in Christ, I can have my joy. Huh? That's why I have joy. Because God gave it to me. And religiousness ain't going to take it away from me. Huh? Yes, I had to learn that. I used to get... Ooh, real serious. I thought I had to be real serious to pray for people. I had to be real serious to pray for people. All I got to do is speak the word. Huh? I don't have to wash my hands down in olive oil and do all these things for God to work. When God is real in you, he's real in you. In every area of your life. But we're cowards. We sleep in the dust. We eat dirt. We never adventure. Now when I say adventure, that other thing wants to adventure, but you realize it always adventures in the same way that other people adventure. And adventure in, in things that just, just, that just promote itself and make itself look bigger than everybody else. Listen, trying to be bigger than everybody else is a hard job. It's 24-7. When you're trying to be better than somebody else. Huh? When you're trying to be the best woman in church. Or the best man in church. Or the best singer in church. Huh? Where, you, where you have all these, these, these images you're trying to fit into. Listen. If God has chosen you. To write a song. You will write the song. And everybody else will beat up on themselves. Trying to write. Because now that I promoted those two. Everybody going to start to try to write a song. Because they're going to say. You see how the Lord promoted them. Hmm? And, and, and I love God more than them. So I know I can write a better song. Uh-huh. Oh you can write a song. If you have the right attitude. If you say. You know, that's true. If, if the Lord could use them to write a song, I could write a song. Or I could start a business if God says I can do this. Huh? If I would just listen to him and be led by the Lamb and be led to springs of living water. Huh? Yes. But some of us are frustrated inside. We've been in, sitting in the dust too long. We're sitting in dust and ashes. We've been sitting there too long. And we're just smiling at God. You know, like these young ladies back here. They're smiling like they're princesses. Them two right there. They look like they're princesses. Maybe that third one too. But them two over there. They don't look like they ever seen a day in their life. Huh? 
they look like it's just yes ma'am and no ma'am and yes sir. <laughs> I'd much rather you be real than pretending to be something you're not. I'd much rather you have respect me, but if you got some sass about you, just have your sass. Uh, and if it, if it's some rough edges, how God gonna fix it if you can't even see it? God is not so trivial. We have to walk with the feet we have. We learn to be respectful. We learn to, to, to reverence God. But we are who we are. And we've got to become that better person. Come experience the new you. You've got you to gotta walk into that. But you can't walk into it if you're still hiding in the dirt. And isn't that interesting? Hiding in the dirt. Sometimes we're just hiding in our sins, you know. Uh, but sooner or later... That's just going to turn, up, turn out to be all this anger towards God. Uh, there's a woman in here right now. I'm not going to point you out. If you decide to stand up and say, that's me, that's fine. There's a woman in here right now. I've looked into your eyes a few times. You're trying to do everything right. But you look wounded. You're trying to do everything right. But you're accusing God. Of not seeing your righteousness. We have no righteousness before God. But you think you're so right. And your eyes look so wounded. You're ready to cry. You don't know why. God is not changing things in your life. You don't know why God is not, you know. Hmm? Some of it is romantically. You don't know why God is not fixing it. Oh, Lord. Feels like I'm talking to every woman in the house right now. <coughs> it may be some of the men, but I'm just talking to one. But maybe I am talking to more. But you, you've been looking at me with puppy dog eyes. And I know inside you're a briar patch. You're a briar patch of righteousness. Listen, righteous people will scratch you, you know. Huh? Righteous, self-righteous people are like briar patches. Huh? They, 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 they try to shine like a star, but they ain't no star. They're a briar patch. Huh? And I'm, I'm saying this lovingly because inside you know you all scratchy. Hmm? I'm surprised you don't have some itches somewhere, you know. You're all scratchy inside. Because, because you're aggravated because life is not going where you want it to go. <clears throat> but God says, Lazarus, come out. <clears throat> Lazarus says, Lord, I, I'm... I want to come out, but, you know, I ain't had a vacation in a while. It's kind of nice in here. Could you come back tomorrow? Yeah. 
We can die in our sins. We can die in our self-righteousness. Or we could cry out to God. Hmm? We run from rain, but we don't run from sin. Because sometimes the things we want is the thing is killing us, you know. Or maybe it's the way we want it. Or sometimes, Lord, I ain't going to do nothing to you. Give me what I want. Because I'm a good woman. I'm a good man. So I ain't going to do nothing. I, I live a better life than everybody else. I come to church all the time. I don't cause no trouble. Uh, you know what you are? You're an old landmine. Land yes, that was set back in 1992. And the only reason you ain't went off, nobody's been unfortunate enough to step on you. <laughs> You're just an old landmine. Uh, Some of us, we go off at the least thing. We go off because we're not happy. But you know what scares me about this? This everlasting contempt. That scares me. That scares me like that blinking light up there. That scares me. I don't know if it's trying to come on or go off. See that light blinking? Tell me truthfully. Is it trying to come on or go off? As, as, as like some of you, you just come to church on Sunday. Are you trying to come on or go off? Uh, you're just in the dust blinking. Huh? I got sidetracked Everlasting contempt. <laughs> that scares me, you know. I and, and, and so sometimes I use NIV. Most time I use NIV, but sometimes I go to King James. And when NIV and King James, well, I've always found that they said the same thing. They've always said the same thing. But when they use the exact same words, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Everlasting contempt. That means you'll get angry. And never get unangry. Some of you are angry now, but I don't know if you're coming on or going off. But there is a place where you will get angry and never get unangry. And that place is called hell. On this side and on the other side. When you get angry, everlasting anger. And not just anger. You have a problem with God. You have a problem with the life. If you have a problem with the life, you're having a problem with God. Uh, the only problem God has with you is you won't get up out of the dirt and live life. You sit there and cry and make mud out of it. Everlasting contempt. That's scary. Huh? 
Don't fear. God is just going to throw you in some fire. He may just hand you over to yourself. And you just have all that anger. And you can never come out of it. I've known people like that. In this life, you probably know people like that. They're angry all the time. Ain't no blink. Ain't no blink. They don't blink at funerals. They don't blink in church. They're angry all the time. Can't come out of it. Some of you have been angry for two or three days. But when them days start getting into weeks and months. Ah. And here's something I learned about depression. A lot of times behind depression is just anger. You're just angry, 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 angry. And you don't burn up all the wood. That's why you're depressed. You ain't got nothing to burn. Until someone comes along and tries to be nice to you, then you burn them. Uh, everlasting contempt. No rest, day and night, by those who have the mark of the anti. Uh, that's scary. I'd forgive somebody. If I'm holding something against somebody, I'd forgive them right now. Oh, Lord. Because hmm? I turn this anger on, I might not get it turned off. These people in prison, they still don't know how they got there. That anger went on, couldn't get it off. And women in prison just went off. Don't know where they come out with that big butcher knife. They just stabbed everybody in the house. Just like you. Whoop. That's why we hide our knives. That's why we hide our knives. Oh, yes. When we was in Chiguanas, I used to fuss at people all the time. I said, put them knives up. I used to say, what? but they're right there. Kids can't reach. And I said, no, you hide them knives. Hide them knives. Hide them knives. I said that all the time. Hide the knives. Hide the knives. Hide the knives. Nobody wanted to listen to me. There was a church in Chiguanas. The pastors was counseling with this couple. Man and a woman. That happened, what, maybe 15 years ago? Something like that. Counseling man and a woman. It got heated. So the pastors thought it would be a good idea to take a break. The man goes, gets a knife from the kitchen, and kills the woman in the church here in Trinidad. Here in Trinidad. I don't know what happened to him. I assume he woke up in prison and said, I miss my wife. Huh? But what happens if you wake up in hell? What happens if you never wake up? You know what we get angry at most? When God is trying to help us. He might have tried to use grandma. A teacher. Somebody at church. We get angry when God tries to help us. We like this little child. You ever seen a child? They can't fix something. They just start getting angry and crying. You try to help them? No! Nah.
We get angry because life is not going the way we want it to go. And we get angry when God tries to help us. I mean, obviously, if you was doing it the right way, it would work. So it's no wonder that God tells you to do it in a different way. But we get angry. Let your anger go today. Yeah. Be healed. Understand that God is trying to help you. Understand that God is trying to make you a star. Understand that God is, is trying to give you a wonderful life. Huh? It may take a little pain to walk out of that dirt. It may take a little bit of pain to, to accept the fact that you spent years and you was doing it the wrong way. Huh? It's humbling. Now, for some of you young people, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be that humbling. Other than just our pride of, we couldn't do it. But as you get older, you know, as you get 30, 40, 50, what have you, 60, and you realize, I've lived in the dirt all my life. But even now, God can make a star out of me. If he can make a star out of two little girls, he can make a star out of two old people. Your marriage broken, both willing. He could turn the worst thing in your life into the best thing in your life. But you may have to do things different than the way you would do it. Hmm? Nothing the Lord can't fix. Nothing he can't fix. First, you've got to get to a place you don't want to eat dirt no more. I'm tired of eating dirt. Anybody tired of eating dirt? If you can relate to that, that's serpent food. Hmm? And why did the serpent have to eat dirt the rest of his life? Because he thought he was smart. He thought he was smart. He thought he was so smart he could help other people. Hmm? All these antis out here in the world, huh? in the school, all these gurus, huh? ain't no older than you. But they think they have the key to life when they have the key to death and hell. Hallelujah. No more eating dirt. Sounds like a good title, don't it? No more eating dirt. I'm going to take dirt out of my diet today. Yes, I ain't going to eat no dirt. You know what the worst kind of dirt is? Hmm? <laughs> I see you have a friend. The worst kind of dirt is the dirt you eat from media every day that tells you that there's nobody like them. So you've got to settle for being my follower. That's the worst kind of dirt. 
How many times you watch Facebook and think somebody else's life is better? You eating dirt. Yes. You didn't even get the crumbs under the master's table. You got the dirt. I come home Now if you're fearful and religious, you might not like this message. If you're tired of eating dirt, you'll love this message. This message is not for the dirt eaters, it's for the message of the it's for the message of the people that are tired of eating dirt in life. Hmm? I'm tired of eating somebody else's smoke. Yes? In race cars, you know, a lot of times especially several years ago, race cars was on dirt tracks or dirt roads. Number one saying, eat my dust. Hmm? Eat my dust or eat my dirt. But it's saying, eat my dust. In other words, these dirt roads, you know, if you've ever driven on dirt roads, you know, it's just clouds of dust. You've got to be a good driver to ride, drive behind, you know. No more dirt eating. Might be scary. But I ain't going to do what every other clown is doing. Huh? Can you imagine? Let's just say you want to be a clown. But you dress like all the other clowns. If you're going to be goofy, be your own kind of goofy. Don't be goofy like somebody else. Huh? Don't eat dirt. Rise up. I wonder if anybody's alive enough for a word this morning. Are you sure? Huh? Huh? Some of you are still trying to get the dirt out between your teeth, you know. Uh, everybody knows I love you, right? I just, I just want you to live life. Hmm. Mm. Okay, the Lord is talking to me something about a Thanksgiving on Wednesday. A Thanksgiving on Wednesday. Now, hopefully in this house we have learned not to put words in God's mouth. We don't know what that means. We kind of know what Thanksgiving is, right? And we kind of know what Wednesday is. We may not know what Wednesday, but we, right? So we don't want to put words in God's mouth. He's talking about a Thanksgiving on Wednesday. Who am I looking for? Somebody with a Thanksgiving on Wednesday. Now, some of you said, all right, I ain't planning for no Thanksgiving this Wednesday. I did not say this Wednesday. Thanksgiving on Wednesday. That's you. I'm hosting families this Wednesday, right? But usually I don't prepare the meal. And this Wednesday, I'm doing the meal and hosting, and I said it was on Thanksgiving unto God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
And you ain't told me nothing about that. The Lord is going to give you a thousand dollars towards that. Mm -hmm. Because you have some money, but you said you didn't want to touch that money. Mm. Is that true? Very true. <laughs> Just like you said, it's been a long time since the prophet gave you a word. Is that true? Very true. Very true. <laughs> so you got a thousand dollars coming. Thank you. You know, sometimes those prophecies that you don't like to give because sometimes these prophecies provoke anger in people I'm not just talking about Nicole this is in general because sometimes you'll prophesy something and they have been prophesied that before but it ain't come to pass so you, you think, I wish people would just quit prophesying this to me. <laughs> you know. Now, granted, other prophets can pick up on something that another prophet said. And granted, sometimes that is not the will of God. So just because two or three prophets have told you something, they may all be lying. Or in error. One spoke it and the rest of them followed suit on top of it. But sometimes... Other prophets will speak things because it's you that's not receiving. Wanting is not receiving. And just because you want something doesn't mean you're brave enough to receive something. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Wanting is not faith. Wanting can just be fantasy. And just because you want something doesn't mean that you have the faith to receive it. Nor does it mean you have the courage to embrace it. So I know sometimes when you, you speak a prophecy. That some people want to say. But you've told me this many times. Or people told me this and it's not coming to pass. Alright. So if God keeps repeating himself and it don't come to pass. Wouldn't that make it your problem? Wouldn't that be something in you that's fighting against it? Whether you, whether you know what it is or you don't know what it is. Wouldn't that be something in you? 
Hmm? Wonder what I'm talking about. Huh? What? I don't know. What am I talking about? Huh? Well, I have certainly spoke a vehicle. Now, first thing is, the Lord has proven the prophetic gift in this house too many times. We don't have to justify it. But what I would say is sometimes you prophesy to people, but for some reason or other, they're just not receiving it. If... If I prophesy a man to you or a wife to you and two years later you ain't even had a bite. <laughs> not even an ugly bite. A, there's neither no, there's either, there's no fish in this pond or you're not fishing. That means... You're scared. Some reason you're not receiving. Yes. If the counterfeit won't even come. You know there's something wrong with you when the counterfeit won't even come. Now we know the counterfeit has to come first. It can't come afterwards because it'd be too late. But you get a prophecy and the counterfeit don't even come. I mean, you wanted the man with all his teeth and you, you get a man with three teeth. Now, first thing, you might put some implants in there and he's just he good to go, you know. Not talking about that. I'm just saying the prophecy is not even bringing the counterfeit. You didn't have no bite? There's, there's nothing there? If the Lord says he's going to give you a new job, you don't even get a counterfeit? You don't even get a job coming along offering to pay you uh, uh, half as much? You may not take it because it's a counterfeit. Or it may sound a little too good to be true and then you realize, nah, this thing ain't real. But the prophecy don't even produce the counterfeit? What is that? Nah. If you have any lust about you, if you have as lust as big as a mustard seed, <laughs> religious people don't know how to handle that. Everybody got lust, and it's a whole lot more than a mustard seed, you know. But I'm saying if you got lust as small as a mustard seed, uh, and I say you're going to meet somebody before the day's over. And you got lust as small as a mustard seed. Some dog going to come up barking. But when the counterfeit don't even show up. Now you're dead in faith. You're eating dirt and you like it. Hmm? What you sit down for?
I thought maybe the word was too much. I just couldn't. Huh? Mm. All right, let me ask you this. While you were sitting there, during the message, hmm? 15, 20 minutes ago, what was going through your head? All right, a spiritual statement. What way you want to wake up? Live, write songs, live, have adventure. What kind of adventure? Travel. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to get married, but I don't know if that's me or everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear everybody say it, say it, say get married. All right. Back before Yanta was speaking uh, so loud. Back before anybody said anything, did you have that thought? I believe so. See, yes. That's the question. We have a brother. <coughs> Typically, I would not put you in this position, but I think this is good for you and everybody else concerning prophecy what if the problem <coughs> what if the problem is not God what if the problem is permission of allowing God to make a decision yes Lord what if that's the problem? Now, Paul obviously said that he wished everybody would be like him because he's trying to save you from trouble. Listen, marriage is always going to be trouble. Don't, listen, don't be no anti and try to change the word of God. Paul says it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble. You ain't never going to get that out of marriage. It's going to be trouble. Because there's two people trying to get along. Hmm? After all the flash comes off of it. It's two people trying to get along. 
And have you ever got along with anybody else for a long period of time? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Is there anybody you ever got along with all your life? So now you're going to get married. Huh? Put some fantical daz on romance. And you think you're going to get along. Always going to be trouble. But it's a trouble we have a choice about. Am I negative about marriage? No. It can be a beautiful thing, but it's still two people trying to get along. Through the best of things and the worst of things. Hmm? We get money, we fight over how we're going to spend it. We don't have money, we fight over how we're going to get it. Always going to be there. You got to accept that. If you don't ever accept that, don't get married. Is that true? So, I, I don't like to prophesy things that, that's going to make people go down troublesome roads. And especially if that's not where they want to go to start with. Because sometimes, sometimes in this world, people always speak in I don't, I don't understand why people always speak in marriage on people. And you ain't got one good example to show them. You always have trouble. I'm not saying it's bad. It can be nice if you can get along with people. And get along with the same person. All your life. To death do you part. Uh -huh. well, sometimes you can't get along with a woman for a month, you know. <laughs> I was speaking to Roger. And you're going to find one to get along with all your life? Uh-uh. Till your pickup truck do your part. It is what it is. Yes, I admit some are better than others, but you still got to learn to get along. You got to learn to share your life. You don't like to share your life, don't get married. Hmm? But the thing is, nothing is impossible. Hmm? I'm saying this not because you have earned it. I'm saying this because you cannot earn God's love or God's blessing. But when God sees you faithful, he doesn't overlook it. He don't overlook your faithfulness. He may overlook your stupidness, but he don't overlook your faithfulness. Uh, and your faithfulness all these years. Uh, not perfect. Faithful. Amen. Faithfulness is not always about doing the right thing. It's about never running away. That's faithfulness. It's not about do getting everything right. It's about repenting when you do something wrong. That's faithfulness. Don't misunderstand what faithfulness is. Or righteousness. Righteousness is not about always being right. Righteousness is not always about, I don't know why I kissed that person. Righteousness is about saying, Lord, I don't know why I kissed that person. Please save my lips. <laughs> These lips belong to you and nobody else. That, 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 
That's righteousness. But I want you to hear. There's nothing that God would not do for you. Mm. Yes. Sometimes we give our lives and we say, okay, whatever, you know, I've given my life to serve God. Right? I just want to serve people, serve people. I don't need nothing God. But not to let God love on you is not right either. Hmm? To demand that God loves on you and demand that God blesses you. Well, no, that ain't right. First thing is, you're not that righteous, you know, that you can tell God what to do. But if God wants to love on you, that's his choice. Huh? And this is what I've learned with God. We can't see down the road, right? So I might ask for, I might ask for some stone today because I think I can eat stone. But he says, if I ask for bread, he's not going to give me stone. So I believe you just got to ask God, even for vanity things. You've got to ask God, Lord, I'd like to have that. But you're just asked. You don't demand it. You don't send a threat. Lord, if you don't give me this, I ain't going to ever sing again in church. No. Lord, I'd like to have that. Oh, I'd like to have that. Don't live your whole life back and forth. Do I want this? Do I not want this? Do I want this? Do I not want this? Do I want to get married? Do I not want to get married? Don't live your whole life like that. Huh? Right? And here, here's the thing with God. Don't, 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 don't make God so picky. You've got to be careful what you ask for. Where in the Bible does it say you got to be careful what you ask for? When he says... If you ask for fish, he won't give you a serpent. Huh? And if you asked anything according to his will. I remember, I don't know, I gave somebody a word about a man and they said, I want a good one. <laughs> Darn, I was going to give you a bad one, you know. I, I, sure enough, I was going to give you a bad one. See what you do to God? You think God is so trivial. That's because you don't have no faith in him. Huh? And maybe you get a bad one, but you chose that one. You don't have no faith in God. And if you don't have no faith in God, what your faith will deliver is things that you're not happy with. If you have no faith in God. So first you've got to have faith, Right? If we're talking about husbands or wives, you've got to have faith that God will give you one. But then you say, well, I'm not a very good person, so I probably ain't going to get a good one. You must have faith that God, every gift from the Father of heavenly lights, is perfect. James 1.17. Yeah, it's perfect. You must have faith in God that he's good. Not like you. If you was God, and somebody asked you for a husband, you say, I'll give him a husband. Yeah, I'll go and give him a husband. Uh, can you imagine if you're God? And somebody said, God, talking to you, give me a husband. But you don't like that person. Oh, I got a husband for you. God is not like that. 
I got a wife for you. God ain't like that. We like that. Sometimes in our submission to God, to serve Him and to serve other people, somehow or another we get caught in righteousness and our own righteousness and think, oh, I don't need nothing. And so we don't receive anything. We tell God we don't need nothing. You know, I guess it's a woman's pornography. We don't need nothing. But then we say, how come you didn't give me nothing? Everybody follow? It's kind of like, it's kind of like a birthday. How come you didn't throw me a birthday party? You said you didn't want one. See? That, that <laughs> I didn't mean to hit you. Uh, that's self-righteousness. The Lord is so awesome. Why wouldn't he want to bless people that's been so faithful to this house? Now, he's not blessing you because of that, but he certainly don't overlook that. Anybody understand? Amen. You receive? All right. <clears throat> All right. This week, don't be eating no dirt. Yes, don't be eating no dirt. I'm not saying don't humble yourself, but don't go along just eating anything anybody gives you this week. Huh? Realize God created you. He created you original. He wants you to be a star. Not a better star than everybody else. But he wants you to be a light. So we're not going to eat dirt this week. We're not going to walk in condemnation because he loves us more. If we do wrong, we're just going to repent. Amen? Yes, Nicole. Be blessed.